Hey there, podcast world. This is your host, Melina Putnam, with a new episode of One Bow, Many Arrows. And the new series that I'm doing is on personal brand power, specifically for entrepreneurs. And I'm really excited to have David McSwain of McSwain Consulting on the show today. He has been a banker. He grew up in banking. He's a bank consultant. So he is totally our money guy today. So we're going to talk about um, money and how to improve our financial situation, hopefully as business owners, some things to look out for. Um, McSwain Consulting really specializes in risk management for banks and so he is very very familiar with the whole loan process and some pitfalls we talk about on one bow many arrows golden arrows are the things that we really want to do and improve and send out to the universe poison arrows are those things that that we need to look out for and really be aware of and so David is very familiar in that realm um, when it comes to banking and finance and so David welcome to the show today Thank you. Okay, so you've been in the banking and, and loan management kind of arena all your life, um, beginning with your father. And, you know, when it, you've seen so much about poor money management. And so this show is really for those entrepreneurs and movers and shakers and, and building their personal brand. And so being good with money, obviously, is super important if they don't want to go out of business sooner than later. So what what's your number one tip, would you say, for business owner when it comes to managing their money? I believe the number one tip to managing money is understanding the difference between income and cash flow. Okay. And and the biggest hurdle is entrepreneurs, especially, uh, we all start out that way, but the biggest hurdle is, is if you don't understand the difference between the two, you have to, it's a must hire somebody that does. There, there's such a huge difference in understanding the difference of income and cash flow, because if you don't, it can really get you in trouble. And so where, where should people start with that? Because so many people, and unfortunately, they don't really teach that in schools on how to manage money at that point. So where do you start if you're getting ready to start a business and understanding what cash flow is? Is there a place that you would refer them to? I would. You know, books are a great source. Uh, they don't cost very much money, and there's tons of information. In particular, uh, a book of mine that I love about this is it's the ultimate blueprint for an insanely successful business. And the book relates nothing uh, but to optics. And optics are seeing where your cash is going versus the income that you're making and knowing the difference of the types of cash. We, there's even different types of cash. Some have expenses tied to them, some don't. Some are good cash and some are bad cash. Okay, well, we will definitely put that book um, on on the website, on the podcast page, so people can get a link to that. You know, it, it's one of those things that we see all the time with entrepreneurs is that they're passionate about something and they like doing something, so they think, well, that should be my business. And then, of course, they end up having to wear all those different hats, including the finance hat. So is that something that 
you typically recommend uh, for people to outsource to have a CPA? Like, what's that threshold for deciding what sort of financial help you get? Okay, CPAs are, are a great source, but remember the CPA in general prepares your financials for taxes. Uh, they don't necessarily prepare your financials for cash flow and anticipation of what's needed next. And I and that goes back to the first question is understanding the difference between income and cash flow. You pay tax on income, you don't pay tax on cash flow. And so the CPA is a great source. You have to have one if you're big enough. Mm-hmm. But I think really studying it first, and if it's not your thing, then finding somebody that does. There's a lot of professionals out there that can provide you that information. But even when they provide it, you still have to understand what it's telling you. Right. Well, and so uh, so in in that regard, then, in terms of if you're going to be your own bookkeeper or not. Right. Um, my biggest... I guess my biggest referral would be is to literally pick up one of the books like we talked about and learn. And you don't have to become an expert. You just have to know what it's telling you. Mm -hmm. Um, And the other thing is I like is the optics really projecting your cash flow out Mm -hmm. so you can see what's coming so you can be proactive instead of reactive. And in the banking world, a lot of times we see business owners in a reactive situation because they've learned because they didn't study the cash flow, they learn now they have a problem. And, and sometimes that's too late. Right. If you, if you don't understand what you're looking at, you're not going to know if, if there's a red flag or not. That's correct. And, and a lot of it, we get into this uh, too, is businesses will build business plans. And, and in most cases, um, the business owner or operator will get busy and that business plan ends up in a desk drawer on a shelf collecting dust. In a lot of cases, the business plans are actually tactical plans rather than strategic plans. Mm. And I, I think really in the beginning, you can set yourself up for success more if you, if you do the strategic plan and you, and you set your disciplines where you're looking out see what's coming, what's, what, what is to be anticipated but still, it goes back to the fundamentals of understanding how you how you generate cash versus the cash that's going out in expenses. Well, and so that leads to that often businesses will think they have enough to get started and maybe pay themselves a little bit. Um, but then uh, that's something I've heard, too, where you've got these business owners who they pay all their other bills, but they don't pay themselves at all. And that doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand how they live. So are they, is that where you should get a loan out at the beginning? So to make sure that you're giving yourself a salary or how do you decide if you need a loan and what that loan should cover? Okay. As far as borrowing money for business, um, there are good loans and bad loans. Okay. Uh, and I'll, I'll start this my belief, okay, is if you're going to borrow money for a business, you have to have an income stream that will pay it back. If you're borrowing money to do like what you suggest for living expenses and to keep the doors open, to pay the light bill, um, there's other problems that's not addressed. Uh, That could be capital. 
that could be the lack of planning that can be a lot of different things but the main thing is my rule is is if you have a way to pay it back generating cash then the the borrowing the money for business can be a really good thing if it's to borrow money to keep the doors open there's other problems that haven't been identified and you're just compounding the problem right okay very good um so along those veins of getting yourself into trouble if you're a business owner what are what are those pitfalls that you've identified whenever you're going and you're looking at loans and um that you're encountering a business that obviously has been very bad at managing their money. Okay. And, and I'll, I'll preface this with most business owners are really good at what they do, but because they didn't understand accounting or cash flows versus income. And I, and I hate to keep driving on that, but that's the root cause. Um, a, an entrepreneur or a business owner of any size, if they don't understand their financials, they don't understand what the, the financials are telling them and they're not anticipating what's coming next. That's generally when people get into trouble. Mm-hmm. Once they get into trouble, they tell themselves a story of why they got into trouble and they really never get down to the real problem. Uh, there's generally a gap between the story and the real problem. So in a lot of cases, they'll go to the bank and they'll borrow more money and they just create a bigger problem. Yeah. And, and really, it comes back to the very first question, truly understanding cash flow and how cash flow works. And, and I've, se- I've, I've seen it and I've heard it time and time and time again over the last 20 plus years as a banker and as a, as a bank consultant. We, we call them rearview mirrors or postmortems when, when a loan has gone bad. We can almost go back and identify the exact point in which that person got in trouble. Right. And we, and, and, and that's also something to do is, and if you can't do that yourself, there's people out there that, that can do it. I mean, in a lot of cases, um, your, your, your banker, um, you have a good banker that understands cash flow as well. Um, that's a, that could be a good source. A CPA could help you get started, but there's also professionals out there. They're called restructuring officers. Um, uh, they're a good source as well. Okay. Well, that makes so much sense. And uh, in this personal brand power series, one of the, the things that, that I talk about over and over again is knowing yourself. And so we need to really take a, a good look at, at our knowledge base and shore up on that and not entirely rely on someone else to do it because we've got to know what we're looking at and and what actions need to take place to improve the situation but it's also about getting real and that's what I love so much about your work and what you do you're a real straight shooter and you are going to go in and tell your clients this is the real deal this is what's happening and that's where I feel like uh, the message to business owners should be is that they really need to get real about their financials, about forecasting, about looking at, you know, is how viable is their product and service? Are they, and what happens when 
you know, what's your plan when competition comes across the street and all of a sudden half of your target is being sucked away to a, the other business. And something that happened to me when I had my ad agency was, uh, you know, what do you do when a client doesn't pay a big bill? And I, we had this happen with a magazine that we had printed for a client, I believe it was a catalog actually, and huge print bill because it was, uh, it was like 20,000 copies or something like that. And so there was that situation. So we were in a tough situation where they said, well, you know, we are not going to pay it or we can't pay it. And then we are liable for it. So you never know what kind of things that you're going to encounter as a business owner and how quickly something can go south. So what would you say is if someone, if a business that's listening is struggling financially, um, what do you think is the number one thing that they need to do to turn that around? Well, the first thing I would say is if you can uh, on your own um, is to really identify the problem. Why? Um, and, and then I would even dig a little deeper. Um, you know, there's, there's several experts out there in this, but, kind of the theory is you have to, have to ask yourself why at least four times, not four times and get the same answer. You ask yourself why, and you have an answer. Then you ask yourself why to that answer. Mm. Do that four times generally, and that's when you get to the real problem. Because each time you're digging deeper and deeper and getting closer to the root of the problem. Right. You, it's like an onion. you got to peel the layer back. That's the story of why you're in pro uh, on the surface. That's why you're in trouble in the first place. Mm -hmm. Then you peel that onion back a little bit further. And then, you know, you have to get to the core. And I hate to use that analogy, but that's that's essentially the, the reality. And um, and a lot of people stop at the at the first why. Right. Well, uh, if, if you can't do that yourself, um, I highly recommend that you, if, if you're a small company or a business, you still have advisors that would act like a board of directors. And, and these people can't be, they can be your friends, but they can't be your best friend and just be a yes person. Mm -hmm. uh, they have to be truly advisors. If you don't have that mentors, people that, um, are highly successful, they're they're You look around and they're successful people everywhere. In a lot of cases, is if you don't have that network, um, call your local banker and, and ask them, say, hey, who's very successful? I'm having problems. I need a mentor. That's a great idea. Well, and that, that's something that I wanted to ask you about because you know bankers and the banking industry is changing so much that, and now with technology involved, you know, you can, you could, I could sit here on my iPhone and try to get, you know, a loan for my business and never having gone in and gone face to face with a banker. Is that relationship changing? Because I feel like in the past, your banker was probably your advisor. And are bankers still advisors today? Or what role do you feel like a banker plays for small businesses? Well, I, I and, and I'll probably get shot for answering it this way, but... Um, <laughs> I won't shoot you. <laughs> technology uh, has played a role in what you just described. Um you know, my adage is you need a banker or you don't need a banker until you do. 
And I think that's too late at that point. I think you have to have a relationship with your local banker or a banking friend, if you will, um, because there's going to be a time you're going to have to have that kind of advice. You're going to have to have a lawyer, a CPA, a banker. And even if your banker doesn't call on you, it doesn't hurt to go call on the banker. I mean, we all go to a bank um, in some cases, you know, with remote deposit. Not everybody does go to a bank, but I, I still think it's very vital, even with the technology, because when you start having problems, that internet bank isn't going to be able to help you. You're not going to have the relationship that you need to go in and get the advice. You're not going to have the rela- – you can't have a relationship with a computer. Right. Well, I think that's key. And, you know, it's interesting when you say that. I I honestly had not been going into my bank because I, you know, of course, go make the deposits every time I get a client check or something. And my window was broken on my driver's side door. And so I could not roll it down. So that forced me to have to go into the bank and start talking to the tellers. And I, and then, you know, the, it's interesting, usually a manager, if they're not doing anything, then will come out and greet you. And so I got to know the manager of the bank and, you know, and then, so that makes perfect sense that if the banker is not reaching out to us, that it's up to us to create that relationship with the banker, because at some point you may need to go back to them and whether it's a loan for your business or you're ready to get a mortgage, um, to have that relationship in place. So I love that advice, David. Okay. So, you know, another thing I know that you did, and I think everyone is so fascinated with Tony Robbins. So many entrepreneurs listen to him, watch his videos, and of course go to his uh, workshops, which are world renowned, and you had the opportunity to go to his workshop. So I just want to hear some of your, first of all, what is Tony like in person? He just seems like just his energy is crazy bouncing off the wall. He's, he's so inspiring. It seems like, so what is it like to be there in person? And then what, what were some of your big takeaways from that experience? Uh, and you and you and you hit it on the head. Uh, Tony Robbins in person is it's just it's wicked. I mean, the guy is. I, I don't know that I've ever come across a person that has that much energy. And when I say that much energy, we're talking five days, twelve plus hours a day. You and if you're lucky, you break for dinner at eight thirty p.m. after you started at nine a.m. Wow. Uh, so it, the the whole five days is completely nuts. Um, a massive amount of information. It, it gets quite overwhelming at times, but you have time to uh, really absorb it at different levels. But the biggest takeaway um, from from the class was the very beginning is that psychology is 80% of everything and skills only 20%. And I think we, and I, I, you've heard me say through this interview depending on what story you're telling yourself. And that's where this really comes in is your story is your psychology. It's, it's how you think about it. And his, and this is his words, not mine, but it's where focus goes, energy flows. And so if we're having a bad day, we're going to continue to have a bad day until we change our story. Okay. That's we great. can focus on a lot of things, but how we focus is, is going to, 
generally be the outcome. And that, and that goes back to everything, your relationships, your business relationships, your friendships. If you're just everything in life, it, it, it's not, it wasn't that part of it isn't just for business, but that sets the tone. If you wake up and you're crabby and you say, it's you're going to have a bad day. Guess what? You're probably going to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. And so that was the, you know, and and just knowing that isn't good enough, okay? Yeah. Um, you have to maintain that state throughout the entire day, the week, the month, the year. And you can really change the way you think through problems, really. Um, and I, this goes back to some other questions. Going, getting down to the, to the real truth. I mean, the brutal reality. Um, and, and then how you look at it the psychology comes into play and the outcome then comes into play because if you look at it in a bad way, most likely it's going to turn out the way you want it. Right. That, so that's, that's, huge. that's really the, the raw part of it. Yeah. Well, and, and we've talked about in, uh, in the, the golden arrows, right? How to, that it starts with your thinking and, then you need the action after. So you've got to find if you're in that funk, you have to do something to pull yourself out of it, which starts with the thought. And so what do you feel like? What What is a technique that you use that helps you if you find yourself in that kind of negative state? How do you turn that around? Uh, and again, everybody's going to be different. Uh, some people will go do yoga. Some people will go to the gym. Uh, that's pretty hard to stop in the middle of work and, and go go get a stress release out. Uh, how I honestly do it is I turn the lights out of my office. I plug in my headphones. I turn the music up so loud that I can't hear anything else and, and just remove myself mentally from the situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes five minutes. Okay. So uh, what music does David McSwain uh, blast in his ears then? <laughs> Uh, I'd have to look at my phone. Um, I, I use Spotify and I have, uh, downloads from Spotify. Okay. So I have a library, right? Um, it's typically some pretty, it's, it's not soft music. It's generally pretty hard, not like hard, 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 hard rock. Um, I'll, you know, Kaleo, I like to listen to Kaleo. Okay. Uh, yeah, just different. Again, I have a library built on different, um, different songs um you know some people may need uh bruno mars i don't know right Uh, well that's so whatever gets you yeah well it's so interesting that you uh bring that up first of all i'm envisioning um you sitting there rocking out in 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 the dark i love that (laughs) so um what i was kind of in a funk for a bit yesterday afternoon and i i was like god i how do i turn this around and i thought okay what music is going to to do that for me and so I turned Prince on I love Spotify as well and I have a big speaker in my um, main living room and it has the lights on it and everything that you can turn on and so I was like okay I turned it on and I blasted Prince um, and so I listened to like four Prince songs and it magically did the trick so I think that is a um, that's a huge tip that we're giving everyone out there today is to go blast some music and turn it around so that we can then focus back on our work again. Well, I, 
Yeah, and, and and you know, even you know, some people will look at Tony Robbins and and think that it's cult like, but literally, it's all scientific, and and a large portion. This goes back into the science part of 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 his teachings. Uh, and this goes back to where focus goes, energy flows. But if you even just get up and and move around fairly rapidly for two minutes, it changes your chemicals inside your body, mm-hmm. and and that even just. Doing jumping, I mean, it's as crazy as sound. Jumping jacks will change your your disposition. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I, uh, since I I work from home, and then I have a co share space that I go to, um, called the Collective, and. I will even if I'm there and I've been working for an hour and I'm all stiff and I'm totally in my brain and I need to ground myself and put myself back in my body again, I'll just get up out of the chair and do some yoga moves, you know, right there in the middle of the room. And that seems to work. And then if I'm at my house, I've uh, I've started using Tone It Up, which is an app that you can just immediately click on to a workout. And so you could do a little yoga class, a little cardio dance. So it's exactly what you're saying. And I, I do feel like I'm re-energized after that. And then it feels like I'm ready for the next thing. So I think that's great advice. Um, so what, what have you found that you do differently now after having gone to Tony Robbins Business Mastery? Well, I, I sit here and I smile as you ask me that question. Uh, the first thing is my story changed. How I was telling my story changed. Um, and, and then when my story changed, it goes back to a struggle I had prior to going to the classes. I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know what my purpose was. Um, and so when I changed my story, I found my purpose. And so to keep that rolling, I actually, and again, this is an option that I've, I've chosen, but I, I work with a, uh, Tony Robbins coach, uh, about twice a month for 45 minutes each session. And it's more of a continuation of that psychology. It's not therapy. Mm-hmm. It, it's literally things simple as the words that you use uh, can have a positive connotation or a negative connotation. Right. Um, and and then just daily trying to work on the word usage. And, and this is not going to stop you from having a bad day. This is not going to stop you from somebody treating you badly. But what it does is when those things happen, it teaches you how to get on the horse again and and keep going. Yeah, I love that. And I, and I think that that's so key, what you're saying about working with a coach. And then back to the earlier advice of working with a consultant on finances and knowing what's going to work for you and knowing every aspect of your business so that you can set yourself up for success all around is is huge. I know that I worked with a a business coach, a leadership coach that was with Giant. It is she is with Giant, Mickey Laura, and she's also with the collective and we had some group coaching too. So for you listeners out there, um whether it's one-on-one coaching or group coaching, just being able to create that uh, tribe that's going to support you and understand what you're going through is so important because there will be bad times. There will be clients that end up not paying their bill. There will be competition that comes in. Um, there will sometimes, unfortunately, I know you, you've encountered this uh, a lot in, in, in banking that 
that there's sometimes fraud involved, or it's like you never know what you're going to get hit with. So the more that we can um, shore up our knowledge and be ready for whatever may come our way um, is huge. It, and it is, and I think, you know, um, the examples that you gave, we, we never know what, what um, balls are going to be thrown at us. And, and I think a lot of time, and this is something that I learned um, at Tony Robbins, and it, and it goes back to some of the answers that I gave earlier, but having that GPS versus a, stra- a tactical plan um, and, it, and anticipating what may or may not come up um, it is so vital. And, and the anticipation or actually planning or thinking time, which I, I got that concept through Keith Cunningham on The Road Less Stupid, uh, which is another book I'd highly recommend for anybody that owns a business or is considering going into business. But just being able to anticipate um, a lot of what may happen. Uh, and I'm not talking about worrying or stressing. I'm just talking about really anticipating what you're walking into. It, it just it changes the way you look at things. You're prepared. Right. Yeah, I, that's great advice. And uh, listeners, you can go read David's blog about the road less stupid at mcswainconsulting.net on his blog there. Um, that's a great book. It's definitely on my to read pile for sure. Um, well, so David, you know, I this is a personal brand power series. And so I, I want to close with hearing a little bit about your personal brand. I know that's something that that you've been working on. Obviously, you discovered some new things about yourself from going through Tony Robbins. And it's really about finding our own superpower because we're, we're each unique. I talk a lot and I have some links on my website at melinalot.com about personality types and how that fits into what we do and why we do it. Um, so tell me a little bit about what you found your personal brand power to be and your purpose. Well, I, again, that's something that I struggled with prior to, to going to Tony Robbins if you don't have the chance to go to Tony Robbins, that's great. I, you, he has books. There, there's a lot of things out there that you can read and, and get the information. It's just the total immersion by being with him is, is, takes it to a whole different level. If that's not where you can be right now, um, I, I think you have to really work on your story and really work on how real your story is and make it real. Uh, embrace the good, but also embrace the bad um, in a positive way. Okay. Um, a book that I'm reading right now is by Steve Sims. It's called Blue Fishing. And he talks about this um, that we're all born unique and that needs to be our brand, our own uniqueness. And then he goes on and he talks about how, for whatever reason, we, we spend the next 40 years. And trying to dilute our uniqueness by trying to be somebody that we're not. Mm-hmm. And then that only leaves 20% that, that we work on ourselves. And so if we're working for working to be like somebody else, we need to stop that. We have to be unique and be ourselves. And then that takes zero effort. And then that gives you 100% of your energy to be you and, and to do the things that you do best. And I think in a lot of cases, that's where the purpose really comes out. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. And I know that, um, I think it's very cool that you have transitioned recently into owning your own company. So you're an entrepreneur yourself. Um, what do you, what do you like most about being an entrepreneur? Uh, the challenges really. Um, and I know that sounds sick, but, um, it's the challenge of, um, and, and again, I started this a little over two years ago. Um, I have owned other businesses prior to that. One was a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was family. So I wasn't self-employed. Right. Um, we owned a company. We had, you know, at one time we had 37 employees. Um, uh, but being in what I'd call a solopreneur, mm-hmm. an entrepreneur that, that I'm by myself, I'm, you know, I'm the bookkeeper, I'm the, the cashier, I'm the salesperson. I have to have help. And, and I've reached out to you to, to do that. And, 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 in a large capacity f- for my company. But the, the biggest thing I think is in time, if you, if you have enough fortitude and perseverance, there comes a time where you actually have better choices, I believe, uh, from being an employee to being self-employed. But I think the critical part of being self-employed is you have to get real with yourself and, and really know what the pitfalls are gonna be and, and really, I've enjoyed the challenge. I don't get a paycheck every two weeks like I did when I was employed. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I've had to go in, even as a banker and a business owner, where, where I was used to getting paid every two weeks. Now I get paid when I, when I perform projects and, and do the task and get paid by my clients. Um, it takes a, a different deal. So it's not just the advice I'm giving today. I'm living the advice th- that's being presented here. And it's really unique. And and on top of that, the best part is I get, I literally schedule time to spend with my family. Mm-hmm. Where if, if you're in a, uh, you know, for lack of better words, a rat maze and you're in, you're on the hamster wheel and the, in the, the race of life, sometimes uh, families get left out. True. And so I've, I, I have two, two children and a wife and, and I've spent more time with them over the last two years by choice uh, than I have the previous 20. I, I think that's huge, and I think that's wonderful. And, and that is something that is so special and unique about being an entrepreneur and a solopreneur uh, is that you have the option, that you have the choices to make, the flexibility, the freedom to really live the life that, that you want to live. And so, David, thank you so much for sharing your story and your insight with us today. I, I I will definitely put all those book recommendations on the website and a part of the podcast um, on melinalot.com. I'd like everyone to check out uh, mcswainconsulting.net. He's based here in Oklahoma, and I, I look forward to everything that's to come. Thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me.